Welcome back to TavernCast. This is Bryce, and I am here by myself, and, well, not by myself, but I'm sitting here by myself um, in my personal space by myself, connected to another over the line that is the net of inter, to Mr. Michael Gaines. Say hello, Mr. Michael Gaines. Hello, Mr. Michael Gaines. Michael Gaines, as some TavernCast folks may recognize him, is Starman of World of Warcast. Say hi, Starman. Hi, Starman. And um, <laughs> longtime TavernCast fans will know Starman as a dude who has been on the show numbers of times mm-hmm. and a dude whose podcast we have uh, referred to and recommended and been on and made fun of all at the same time. In fact, I think we made fun of Starman as recent as about three or four episodes back by including clips of him saying Lawler skates. Yes. And that's, I mean, we've been that. making fun of him even when the making fun of didn't even make sense because we weren't a World of Warcraft show. So we have been making fun of Starman for a very long time. And, and, I, and I gotta say, you guys make fun of me the best out of everyone. Because always, there are some pretty amateur... <laughs> Amateurish, I'm sorry, amateurish podcasts that that make fun of me all the time. They just don't do it right. Yeah, you know, you get to have to have real style to make fun of uh, <laughs> Starman. Anyway, so we're doing this show because Mr. Gaines has a program called Geekistry, and uh, Mike will tell you all about what Geekistry is about and what it is, and then we will tell you why we are talking to you about some other dude's show on this podcast and why we are traders and sellouts to have Michael Gaines on to pimp his own show. So, Michael, go. Monkey, perform. Geek- <laughs> Geekistry is, a, is a, about things that make geeks tick. It's what gets us excited about seeing things like trailer for a movie comes out what gets us excited what gets us to see harry potter and read the books what gets us to listen to the soundtrack to a particular movie over and over again these are the kinds of things that we talk about what what gets us excited i'd say it's a show by geeks for geeks about geeks and geeky subjects so that you can have something to have a commentary on to be geeking out over (laughs) it is geekistry and it is a cool show that uh, yours truly is also on because mm-hmm. Michael Gaines was bored and had nobody else to put on a show. And he was like, Taverncast, is that show even on the air anymore? <laughs> so I'll call, I'll call my friend Aloysius and say, dude, WTF, you don't even podcast anymore. You must be really bored and your life is full of despair and despondency and depression. And you don't even leave your house anymore and you weigh like 300 pounds and eat Twinkies all morning and just get fatter and drink beer and don't do anything and cry because Taverncast doesn't come out anymore. Anyways, but yeah, he called me and said, dude, why don't you come on my show? And I said, okay. And the geekistry was born. <laughs> Reborn. 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 We're doing this on the Taverncast Network because I feel that not only is Geekistry a really strong show, but this is kind of a true mix. As as the show kind of came together and I sat down and listened to it, it occurred to me that the show is a mix between Mike's style, which is just think World of Warcast, mm-hmm. okay, and Taverncast style, which is think Taverncast. 
it's kind of a true blending of those two styles, yeah. which is actually kind of interesting. It's something that way back in the day, long, long time fans of the show might remember that um, either between us, Mike and us, talking on Taverncast or on his show, or just sort of just on some of these times when we would guest on each other's show, we've made remarks before that we're kind of the we were the yin and yang of warcasting podcasting. So mm-hmm. it's like warcasting podcasting of warcast podcasting. See that five times fast. Warcast Warcraft. And uh, it, it it would always be interesting to see if those styles would collide and what they would produce. And they and they finally have. Bryce, I think Bryce and I have been sort of dancing around the idea of doing something together for many years. And this is it, and I cannot be happier. We are going to demo the first show on the Taverncast feed to see mm-hmm. if we can attract some listeners. And uh, because of the crossover, you may see Mr. Gaines on Taverncast a few <sighs> times as we uh, start producing more shows as the fall nears and we pick back up on our production schedule. Mm-hmm. Of course that was planned. Did you Bryce. think we just were fading? Come on. <laughs> Bryce, I just want to ask, did you talk to my agent about that? Um, yes. Did you okay. not get the letter? The letter? No, I did not get the letter. Yeah, I signed, I signed, I signed a contract. Anyways, so, uh, Geekistry, Mike, do you want to give us some information uh, uh, about how to contact the show and where the site is located and well, where forums are and all that jazz? Geekistry is on geekistry.com. The forums are geekistry.com slash forums. You can find us on uh, on Twitter is Geekistry, of course, and there is a Facebook fan page. And of course, if you want to subscribe to Geekistry directly, just head on up to iTunes, search for Geekistry, G E E K I S T R Y, and download and subscribe to the show. <laughs> so, without further ado, here is the first episode of the collaboration between Taverncast and Warcast. Or between Taverncast Networks and Geekistry Networks on the show Geekistry. Good evening, Dave. That's one small step for man. Two. Oh, do not. There is no try. I'll be back. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Make it so. Turn And that product is called iPod. One shall stand, one shall fall. Gods and cats living together, passes carrying. <laughs> this is Geeky Street. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Geekistry episode 57. I am Michael Gaines. And I'm Bryce Irwin. And we have had a four-month hiatus. I just want to welcome everybody back. Uh, I want to introduce my uh, new co-host, Bryce. Uh, Everybody may know him. I I know you hate this name. As Aloysius from Taverncast. Who? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Who? You've disowned that name, haven't you? I have. By the way, if we, if you were on a hiatus, what would happen if you were on a biatus, as in B-Y-E-atus? So isn't that technically what you were on? Because if it's a hiatus, it's like you're coming back. It's like, hello, I'm on an atus. But if you're on a biatus, it's like, goodbye, what we're not way? doing the show. What's it's a, a low atus? A what? A low atus. Oh. <laughs> atus. It sounds like I'm a name. It sounds board. like a name from the hood. Loatus. <laughs> My name is Loatus. 
Oh, oh I'm. In fact, just can like... I have that be my show name? Can I be <laughs> yeah, Lo- Loatus? Welcome back to Geekistry number fifty-seven. I'm Michael Gaines, and I'm Loatus Irwin. <laughs> Geekistry with Loatus and Youtubus. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks of the of the old Bill Cosby cartoon show. What was that guy's name? The the one that used to talk funny. Was that the dude with the hat that was pulled yeah. all over his head? He got the funny hat. I have no idea, but I always wondered how that guy could actually like function in the real world and how he got his stocking cap to do that, and why. I mean, what kind of an absolute criminal? So let's see you're on a subway somewhere and you see this kid come up with a stocking cap all the way down on his head, but it's huge. It's like 50 times larger than his head and it kind of like bells out from his head and then there's two eye holes and a mouth hole so the kid can like eat and talk with the stocking cap and it's like pink or bright purple. You're on the train and he's walking around going, he's walking around going, yo, my name's Loatus. Welcome to Geeky Street. <laughs> Loatus. If you want to send us a voicemail, you can get us on Skype. ID is Geekistry. You can find us on Twitter at Geekistry. You can find, you know, Bryce, do you have a damn Twitter ID? Yes, but I'm not giving that out. Okay, then don't give it out. Secret agent. <laughs> I'll man. come up with a different one. You know, if you want to talk to me, follow Loatus at Geekistry. You, you follow that and you see what it gets you. Get you like an email just, back and be like, I'm on a corner at 4th and 12th at 5 p.m. Oh my god, I'm already writing the script in my head. I'm already planning for the hate mail, as uh, usual. Oh, what hate mail? I have a separate bag of hate mails. Of like, hate mail? When you talked about Loatus, you offended me in so many ways, and anybody, so I won't listen to your show anymore. Any, anybody growing up in the 70s watched that Cosby show and know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, but if it's one thing I know about podcasting, it's that anything you say has the possibility to offend someone right exactly i'll give you an it example. doesn't matter what it is i'll give you an example iphone there i just defended all the android users iphone wtf i have an android why would i even listen to this show it sucks android's so much better there's so many more apps it's so much more useful you can use it with windows it's like slightly bigger i can drop and it doesn't break apple sucks there's no drm on it i don't like steve jobs he's gonna die any day anyways what the hell zoom um <laughs> yeah well Everybody hates Zune, though. You're yeah, I know. It's like Darth Vader. Nobody really likes Darth Vader. He's like <laughs> Hitler. Hitler's like one of those names. Like, you know how you can never name your kids Hitler yeah. anymore? Nobody's gonna, no one is going to be named Adolf Hitler anymore. Somebody well, unless did. A couple years ago. What? Yeah, really? somebody named their kid Adolf Hitler over well, in Europe. Okay, so that's not going to go over well, obviously. The kid's not going <laughs> to live past, like, 15. He's going to get, like, <laughs> gang-jumped in the showers at high school or something and killed. So, anyways, we know he's getting knifed. My point is, if the kid shows up as, like, Darth Vader Johnson or something... Actually, wait, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you were on Show Info, which brings us... That's the Show Info, or you can email us at feedback at geekistry.com. Wow. So that brings us round, yes, baby, right round to what is this show about? <laughs> The show is about what makes a geek tick. What gives you swamp ass when you're watching a trailer for the new Star Wars movie or something like that? That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about, this whole swamp ass thing? No. I actually am sitting there cringing going, hey. I'm not sure that's the metaphor so there's, you wanted. There's, there's a, a video that was just released, I think, a day or two ago. Nathan Fillion did this PSA about swamp ass. 
he, he just does it straight face. He's talking about like if you're gaming and, and you don't like if you don't have good hygiene and, and you're sweating, you have swamp ass. <laughs> Wait, so how does the trailer going to give you swamp ass then? I, well, no, because you get all excited about it. It's the stuff that gets you excited. Like what? Crickets. <laughs> Dude, when I get excited about something, that's not exactly the uh, the no, metaphor I'm going to assign for myself. A, okay. Well, then let me let me change the description. <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, okay. I just can't go on with the show this way. <laughs> Loetus is displeased. <laughs> it's about what gets us excited about things like um, like movies, television, music, gadgets. What gets your geek on? What makes you watch that? That Star Wars trailer, that Star Trek trailer, over and over again. I and mean, we're going to talk about those sorts of things. For the sake of examples, give me one thing in your life that is sort of your seminal geekistry moment. What's the one thing that like really fires you up as a uh, as a geek thing? So I am not talking about football. I'm not talking about <laughs> food. I'm not talking about chicks. So I'm talking about geek stuff. Wait, we're not so talking you- about chicks. Well, I mean, we That's might get it. into chicks later, but I'm not sure that <laughs> chicks as a as a you're um, right I, as I a genre. The Star Trek 2010 movie teaser, where it it showed them constructing the Enterprise in dry dock. As simple as that teaser was, I, I I watched that over and over again because it was so cool to watch them hand building the Enterprise, and then to have Leonard Nimoy's voice at the end of it. I thought was uh, was a very nice touch, that sort of thing. Another thing would be, and I like to use this as an example, the Wrath of the Lich King trailer, like when Arthas mm-hmm. just takes takes Frostmourne and, and just drives it into the ice and, and you see Sindragosa's hand just like coming out of the ice, that sort of, that's what gets my geek on. That was for a video game, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It's yeah. a, it's from a video game called World of Warcraft. Have you ever heard of it? No, I'm never. I'm not really into MMOs. Never really, no. never really played those. Yeah, so I think my I, I have a moment just like yours, which is um, the trailer for the 1998 Roland Emmerich Suckfest Godzilla. Uh, before I knew it was a Suckfest, I watched that first teaser trailer that has the uh, kids and the teacher in the New York Museum looking at a uh, fossil of uh, the Tyrannosaurus oh, yeah. Rex, and then Godzilla's foot comes crashing through the um, the atrium uh, ceiling or whatever, crushing the T-Rex, and then it says, size does matter. That was the tagline for Godzilla. Yeah. I lost it. I loved, loved, <laughs> loved that. I thought it was going to be the greatest event of my very short existence. And, and, it, and it was wasn't. not. And it was not. But that's Just a completely different show. That'll be another show. That'll be a special edition. Bryce loses it. Episode and I promise one. you that on that show, the themed Godzilla show, I will do Godzilla voice acting style the entire show. And that basically <laughs> that's done by like, you know, Mike, should we go to the next segment? Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Let's go right now. Let's go. Hmm? 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 Let's go right now to the next segment. Hmm? Is it a monster? Okay. A monster? Yes, a monster. Hmm? Shall we go then to the next segment? <laughs> let's go to the next segment. Next okay, segment? then. Let's go. All right. Geekiversary. All right. One thing we're going to do on this show, we're going to talk about our Geekiversary. What is a Geekiversary? Bryce, what's a Geekiversary? It is an anniversary of something geek. 
Yes. And I own <laughs> it's the anniversary of something I, that is very cool that has happened in the past that if that maybe some of our listeners don't know what it is, mm-hmm. we are going to educate you as to what it is. We are going to take you to the Learn Institute of Geek Institute to tell you about the versary of geek and why this date in geek history was important to you or should be if it's not because it will be after you listen to the show and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but since we're going to plan on doing the shows every 2 weeks, we uh, we're looking. We're actually frantically looking for something before the show started. It's like holy crap! So I I I did some math. I did some special math with my fingers, and I said <laughs> special. <laughs> and, and I came up and said, "Oh, 25 years ago was 1986." And there's one thing that stands out in my mind for the summer of 1986. Top Gun. And her name is no. <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun was no. In the summer that was of 88. No, it was 86. It? 86. Oh, well. Or it was 87, but oh, I'm no, pretty you're sure right, it was 86. You're right. But it doesn't yeah, matter because that's not I was getting my dates you're... confused, and I'm not talking about calendar dates. No, 1986, the summer of 1986 reminds me of one thing and one thing only, and that's aliens. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Is that right? I'm going to shave. Let me sequencer. On my mark. Five. We're on Express Elevator to hell. Going down. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's nothing moving here. It ain't us. Let's go! They maybe haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our ass kicked, pal. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. The only way to be sure. My mommy always said there were no monsters, no real ones, but there are. There was so much build up to this movie because Alien itself was such a magnificent movie. And it had been seven years since the original movie came out. So we waited seven years for a sequel. And back then, sequels were not as common as they are now, where it's like Alien 57. We, My friend and I watched it the night before, the original movie the night before, and we went to what is now a closed theater, the Amboy Theater in uh, uh, Perth Amboy, New Jersey. And it's still there. You can still see it on the parkway, all boarded up and closed and, and, and gone. So the midnight showing, the night that it opened... And let me tell you something. There is nothing like having that kind of energy with that kind of movie at midnight. It was probably one of the absolute best experiences I had with an opening day movie, second to maybe Return of the Jedi. Well, and movies just they don't they don't tend to open like that often anymore. No. They used to back in the day a little bit more because genre movies like that were um, they were more of a rarity. And mm-hmm. you didn't, you know, we've, I've talked about this on Taverncast. I think you've talked about it in other places. And I know you and I have had private conversations about this, but they just didn't, uh, uh things used to be more rare back in the day when you oh, didn't sure. have DVD and you didn't have on demand. And mm-hmm. so it was a big deal. And I can imagine that that was a, a huge deal back then. Mm-hmm. Aliens would have been a giant film. It was, and it, it wasn't just so much the film itself. It was the crowd that I was with. They were loud and they were into it. And I'm not talking obnoxious now, not, not, loud like today where you go to the movie and there's somebody like banging on your chair or yelling at the screen inappropriately i'm talking about the kind of loud where it's like yeah hudson kick is that that kind of loud where just everybody was so into it i still wish 
that they made movies like that and and audiences were like that again today and unfortunately they're not yeah, like out. i said it's rare people just it's don't rare. react the same the last movie i was at where people actually reacted that way was um avatar and that was in the first opening weekend and it yeah. was a, a, it, honestly avatar was the movie that was closest to the original star wars as far as theater energy to me they they laughed and they applauded and 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 things at the at the right time, but it didn't have that that vibe that energy where you knew that everybody was glued to the screen for the same reasons that you wanted to see James Cameron kick ass in this movie. He, you know, you wanted to see what it was that he was going to show everybody. Like, is this movie going to live up to what has been hyped? Is Cameron going to deliver? My opinion, I know, I know the movie gets a lot of flack because people say, oh, it's just dances as wolf in space. Yeah, okay. But like Star Wars is like the Magnificent Seven in space. So I mean, let's let's just like put that aside. In my opinion, I thought Avatar was a great movie. Yeah, no, I I did too. My, my experience with seeing Aliens was like completely out of the blue. I I had I had seen Alien on mm-hmm. cable when cable was sort of yes. first coming into its fruition. Yes. I never saw it in the theaters. I was uh, what, what was Alien seventy nine seventy nine. Okay, so I would have been. I would have been too young, I think, to for my parents to have ever brought me to that movie in '79. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I'm 39 right now. Uh, full disclosure. So I was five years old when the original Star Wars Episode Four came out. Mm-hmm. So you called as, it Episode Four. Well, I I can't call it. What can, I'd like to just call it Star Wars, but now yeah, we're know. forced I'm, into I'm, like I'm giving, giving it these flag, damn numbers because. <laughs> Don't blame me, blame Lucas for his betrayal of my childhood, for his absolute utter raping of my youth and my naivete, for destroying science fiction for me. For Okay, I'm going to pull it together. So anyway, Aliens. Yes. Aliens, I, I saw that movie cold, had no idea that it was it was going to be that good. I remember seeing a trailer. I didn't even. I wasn't even sure that I knew that it had anything to do with the original Alien movie. Because I just wasn't that savvy with the whole alien thing yet. But I remember yeah. seeing the movie, and it blew me away. And I still think that uh, Aliens is probably one of the greatest military sci-fi movies ever. Um, oh, sure. As far as like how it, how it presents uh, you know, a futuristic military. In fact, I don't think any movie has even come close to presenting uh, science fiction military since Aliens, except for Battle L.A., which mm-hmm. was a movie that just came out this year that I was like, that was damn good, and they kind of nailed the military sci-fi thing. So. But yeah, no, Aliens, some great stuff, and some really classic things like the, um, the, the ship design. Mm-hmm. In the Sulaco, the Sulaco, the uh, the landing helicopter looking thing, the mm-hmm. dropship, drop that ship. was an awesome design. In fact, that, that's one of those beefy mechanical designs, uh, really chunky kind of militaristic designs that I like. And honestly, you know, it was sort of it wasn't like Star Wars. It was sort of more hyper real. It, it was a cool universe, and and that movie was really really slick. Mm-hmm. I like it for so many different reasons. Uh, you can you can look at if you look at like even just a 15-minute segment of that movie where they're, they drop out of the Sulaco and there's no music, but you feel it. The way that Cameron put that scene together where you feel that you're actually being dropped. I mean, you're watching that movie on a 40-foot screen with a really good Dolby system and you feel that you're in that dropship. And then five, ten minutes later, you're walking around and all you hear... And I don't know who who I don't know if it was Cameron or somebody else, but that that radar. 
Yeah, the that sound bling, was bling, brilliant. Bling. That sound still gives me the creeps. Well, and honestly, James Horner's fantastic score for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, so I can I can I can hear it in my head right now, and I'll probably add a clip to it in the edit. But it's the uh, it's it's James Horner's sort of it was either an oboe or a trumpet, but it's dun 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 kind of thing in the background, yep. and it just kept going along with the beeps. And there'd be like this, like crescendoing kind of thing, like thunder growing in the background. It was creepy. It was just it really was. creepy. You didn't know what you were going to run into. And James Horner and James Cameron worked on a movie together. Do you know what it was? Uh, you're talking about Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is coming out on Blu-ray next week, and I ordered one. But that's a whole other issue. The music to Aliens. The, the one thing. I mean, it was it was brilliant. I thought it was very good. It just doesn't work well as a soundtrack to listen to in the background sometimes, the way that the, the album was edited together, because there's so many odd things that happen. It's like you're, you're, you're sitting there listening to this ambient music you know, like while you're working. Because I listen to the Alien soundtrack quite often. <laughs> I know. All of a sudden you hear, <laughs> holy crap, and, and it scares the living crap out of me. Like, all right, I'm going to listen to Lord of the Rings now. Yeah. No, that one, that one is like that, and so is, um, uh, I think about the, the same thing with Predator by Alan Silvestri. Yeah, Predator is Predator's just too. like Aliens in the same exact way. It's to be real quiet, and then all of a sudden it's like, Papa! And you're like, holy crap! <laughs> Yeah, Aliens is one of those soundtracks where you you have to listen to it when when you're not so like tied into what you're doing. You know what else is but. funny about uh, Aliens is Aliens film score has a notable appearance in another very famous yes. uh, action movie yes. in the late '80s. Yes. Do, do you know what action movie that is? Um, uh, Die Hard. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I was such a nerd that when I first heard that, while watching Die Hard in the in the movies, I walked out of Die Hard and I was fixated on the fact that 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 was in there. And I was telling all my friends, "Why did they do that? That was from Aliens. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they put that in there? That sucked. <laughs> Why did they do that? They ruined it. I knew it was from Aliens." And everybody's like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" <laughs> The, well, and thus, and thus that's why I'm on Geek Street today. I, yeah, that because was my the soundtrack is in your car, and you can put it like right then and there. Because <laughs> yeah. it was in mine. <laughs> now, Aliens was my uh, was my date music. Whenever I wanted to get especially close to my your date, date I just, music. Heck yeah, dude! I just put that on the boombox, and you crank it way up. It's dun 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 dun, dun. and they're like, "Oh, Bryce, I'm so bored. Take me home. All we ever do is talk about Star Trek." And then the music's like, "Bop and they leap into my arms, and it's like, you know, it's a romantic moment. And then they slap me, and then it didn't work out well, you know, whatever. Jerk! I knew I was dealing with the girls wrong back then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Aliens is is by far one of, one of my top ten movies of all time, and it just came out on Blu-ray. And let me tell you, it looks so beautiful on Blu-ray. And, and I say that specifically because if you remember... But when the laser discs came out, they were full of grain, and they were talking about how they, the way that they had to light the film through the gate so that it can be scanned and then put it onto Blu-ray. It was this big controversy, and people were saying, "Why can't you just make it look good?" And so now the the Blu-ray looks just like film. It looks it looks beautiful. So I have to ask: Is the <clears throat> does the Blu-ray have the special edition director's yes. cut? So it's yes. got the stuff with like the auto cannons and all uh-huh. that stuff in it. Okay, uh-huh. great. 
That's yep. good. It, it, you, is it is that the version that's on it, or is, are there multiple versions? You can uh, decide which one you want to watch. Okay, cool. Yeah, for those who didn't know, there is a uh, there's an extended version of Aliens, which adds some pretty nifty things like. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I won't tell you. Go out and buy the Blu-ray and check it out because it's it's a pretty awesome little find. And if you it like is. Aliens already, or if you've never seen it, by God, for God's sake, watch the uh, extended version. It's awesome. And then don't watch Alien Three because then you'll be depressed in the first ten seconds. Yes, yeah, stop at Aliens. Don't. There is no Alien more 3. Aliens left. It's done. There's nothing worth seeing in Aliens after <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Attention. Emergency. All personnel must evacuate immediately. You now have 15 minutes to reach minimum safe distance. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. So it's time once again for the first time for our segment called <laughs> The Ring. Ding ding, and that's the ring, not like the ring when you watch it seven days later you die. It's the ring like you step into it and Rocky Balboa punches you in the face and you fall over and go down. Ring, ding, ding. So, The Ring. What is The Ring? The Ring is where two classic geek, science fiction, fantasy, whatever icons come toe-to-toe to fight it out in an intellectual battle to see which one comes out on top. And that would be something like Captain America versus Superman. Who would win? Uh, the Shark from Jaws versus King Kong. Who would win? Obviously, they probably won't be that easy to determine. This time, we are going to discuss the very classic and much-talked-about matchup, Star Trek versus Star Wars. We've received a distress call. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. That ship which had formidable and advanced weaponry was never seen or heard from again. It's not a rescue mission, this means an attack. This will be a day long remembered. We must gather with the rest of Starfleet and balance the terms of the next engagement. There won't be a next engagement. By the time we gather, it'll be too late. That's no moon. It's a space station. If you think you have the tactical advantage, you fire on that ship, even if you're still on board. That's all. It's a trap! We're going down. They are. I want every ship available until they are found. Emergency, Mason! Join us. The time has come.
the universes clashed, which one would come out on top? When I was a kid, I used to actually write stories like that. I didn't do This is going to be your authoritative answer. The show is called <laughs> Geekistry. We are two geeks. Really, you can't refute our geek credibility. Our cred is credible. And so what we say goes with this, mm-hmm. clearly. There's really no doubt. So whoever comes out the winner in the ring is, is the winner. It's off of Geekistry. Geekistry is true. Therefore, win. <laughs> so Star Trek versus Star Wars. So I'm, I, I thought about this earlier, and uh, you brought this up earlier before the show. So like, yes. what's the criteria of this matchup? And I think because, you know, you could say things like what you just said, like, you know, Enterprise D from Star Trek The Next Generation versus, mm-hmm. you know, um, classic Star Wars Star Destroyer. But let's just throw that all out the window. Mm-hmm. Let's say Star Trek Universe versus Star Wars Universe, the established mm. canonical universe. OK, so we're talking um, no books. No, you know, secondary universe, no comics, right. just the filmic or television stuff. So in Star Trek, you can have, <laughs> you know, uh, everything from classic Kirk Enterprise all the way up to you know, Picard and Cisco versions. And Star Wars, you can have, you know, Annie's pod racer all the way up to the Death Star. Wait, if we're talking TV here, does that mean we get to talk to, like, Life Day on Kashyyyk? <laughs> yes, I think do we get to do I that? Think okay. that. The Star Wars Holiday Special <laughs> counts as canon. So, oh what I want to know, I want your opinion, uh, Mr. Gaines. Who would win in an all-out knockdown space brawl you know, between the Star Trek universe and the Star Wars universe? Here's the thing. Darth Vader says in Star Wars that the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Right? Then why build the freaking Death Star? I think he was bluffing. I think he was lying. If you had Starfleet against the Death Star, that's the Death Star is toast. I never I saw an instance of the Force used in any movie, including the Clone Wars animated series, that would allow them to do anything to a capital ship. Mm-hmm. Or even probably even a fighter <laughs> without a heck of a lot of work. You're right. It's like the Force was not used. Because, I mean, think about it. In terms of context of a movie, if if the Force was able to be used in that sense, the movie would be over in 10 minutes. I think that if you have all of Starfleet from, let's say, the next generation era, because by then they've already fought the Borg and the pulse modulation, uh, the, the shield modulations and all that, I think that if you put the next gen Starfleet versus the Death Star for Return of the Jedi, the bigger one. Phase cannons. Yeah. Quantum torpedoes. Quantum torpedoes, man. I think that the Death Star doesn't stand a chance. So so for everybody who doesn't understand Star Trek, and really, why are you listening to the show if you don't understand? Go, go <laughs> yeah, we, and watch why, why every episode of Star Trek and come back to Geekistry. <laughs> or listen and to we this might allow you to listen. You are yeah. shunned from the show. Be gone. So, um, no, quantum <laughs> torpedoes, man, are like little tactical nukes. They and are. they fire off like 60 of them in one burst. So 60 tactical nukes. Against, like, you know, what does the the Star Destroyer have? It's like, intensify forward firepower. I mean, what is that going to do? Nothing. (laughs) You're going to get hit by a little fighter, and it's going to take out the bridge. You're into the Death Star, and you're going to die. I mean, that was cool. That was cool in Star Wars or in Return of the Jedi. But, you know, in the battle with the Federation, eh. Granted, Stormtroopers. Now, if this is a land battle, I think the Federation's hosed. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, because you've got walkers alone, not to mention the coolness factor of them, that alone. 
But yeah, I, I haven't seen anything to show me that the Federation has anything uh, as far as land troops go. Now, no, they got you, dudes in pajamas with dustbusters <laughs> that shoot red flame against you know freaking sci-fi tanks. And not only that, but all the Federation guys on the ground probably have red shirts anyway, so you know that they're toast. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, they were not rep- the budget. The budget did not allow anything cool for the Federation on the ground. The Enterprise, the Starfleet has transporters. All they have to do is just beam all those boneheads up and scatter their molecules all in the atmosphere. Ooh, that's true. Oh, think about yeah, they that. Could, they could like just selectively beam out freaking everything on the ground up in space. That's right. Uh, tricky. Tricky. Uh-huh. That's right, because uh, Star Wars does not have transport capabilities. No, they don't. Bring me my shuttle. Yeah, well, that else. doesn't work so well for you, Lord <laughs> Vader, if you're floating in space. Good luck with your force. Okay. The one wrinkle that I've always wondered about is um, the fighters. So the Rebellion yeah. or the Empire's fighters going yeah. up against Starfleet. Swarms and swarms of TIE fighters. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue? Nope. Not powerful I don't enough? think so. Well, first off, like you said, you've got quantum torpedoes. So basically all you have to do is shoot one at the at the cluster of them and, and then... So there's one problem solved. The other thing is that it seems to me that the the shields of a starship can withstand a lot. Think about the cube and the corbomite maneuver. I mean, right. that thing was at point blank range, and it was like a nuke practically went off, or or an actual nuke that went off and balanced the terror. Boom, and the Enterprise got damaged, but I mean, really, it wasn't that bad. So what's one tiny little ship going to do? Well, I think the Death Star is a potent weapon, there's no doubt. But I mm-hmm. think the recharge time on the uh, main weapon is too slow. Yeah. Um, as at, at least judging by Return of the Jedi and how often it was used. I mean, because the Emperor said, fire at will, Commander, and if fire at will meant the way it was used in Return of the Jedi, we have to assume that the recharge rate of the Death Star's main weapon <coughs> was slow. Slow, yeah. So, fine, it takes out, you know... A Miranda-class cruiser, and then five minutes later it goes after the Enterprise-D, and maybe the shields suck up. Now, I don't think the shields could withstand that. Let's just assume that Death Star's main weapon goes through anything. It probably Mm -hmm. would. If it can kill a planet, it can wipe out the shields. Yeah. The the problem with, I think, the Death Star is is it's like a a Borg cube. How many shots would you have to do to try to take that thing out, Mm -hmm. provided they didn't know about the thermal exhaust port right above the main port? This is true. But you see, that's the thing about Star Trek is that all Data would have to do is just patch into the Death Star's computer system, and he'll figure it out on his own. Captain. That's my way of doing Data. Captain. (laughs) Keep going. I'm I'm working on it. No, I have nothing else to say. But but that's all they would have to do. Now, that's true. Now, there, now let's let's can can we sort of move away from the fictional aspect of it and talk about from a, from a, from a watching point of view? Of well, okay. Trek? First of all, I'm confused. Star Trek is not fiction. We're talking about reality versus that's right. That's fiction. Right. I forgot. They're beaming it to us from the future. I mean, clearly. But okay. you know, whatever you need to do to make <clears throat> peace with yourself. So go ahead. Okay. Star Wars has its moments of goofiness, uh, which which we call the prequels. Star Trek. <laughs> I have to say, no, I do like episode three a lot. Star Trek has Naked Uhura dancing in Star Trek V, or, or I should say all of Star Trek V, and all of the Enterprise, the, the show Enterprise. And huge chunks of Voyager. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got to defend Voyager, though. I like Voyager. And large sections of the original series. Uh, season three. I'm just saying. 
Brain and brain. What is brain? So, uh, well, the favorite of my one of my illustrious Taverncast co-hosts is the. Um, uh, I I want to say it's Plato's stepchildren. Oh, I yes, think is the episode, yes. but it's the one where um, a midget is riding <laughs> yeah. around on Kirk's back and he's yeah. acting like a horse. That one is thrown in my face for years yeah. um, via Cromley from Taverncast, and I can't live it down. And I have to agree with him. That's pretty embarrassing. You know, when that show was on the air in syndication in the 70s, that section, that clip was always cut out. I did not see that <laughs> until it was shown, until the, the VHS tapes came out around like 82, 83, 84 or whatever it was. So I'm popping in Plato's Stepchildren, and there's this midget running Shatner. I'm going, what the hell is this? Shatner was probably like, listen, I really like to ride horses, and... <laughs> I thought it'd be a good idea if you would <laughs> ride me. <laughs> you know I'm right. It's like, I'm you an are. equestrian rider, <laughs> and I think that you should ride me. I just don't understand how they could have directed that scene. Okay, Bill, he's going to be on your back. I need you to. To Winnie like a horse. I'm... More Winnie. More Winnie. How do they do that? <laughs> so so your point then, your extended point is is whether or not, so moving beyond the fictional aspect of it, whether or not Star Trek, or who would win in the fight between Star Trek and Star Wars as a franchise? Yes, as a franchise. Oh, that and gets, I, that gets and I say that both of them have their, their good and bad points. Yeah, but we might, I mean, I don't think you can give an answer to that or no one's going to listen to the show. Because well, you're talking about people that will commit jihad. We're talking Star <laughs> Wars fatwa if we say what we're probably thinking. You understand this, right? Yeah. Somebody asked me once, because I, I do a Star Trek podcast, and, and, and somebody says, well, why wouldn't you do a Star Wars podcast? And, and the thing about Star Wars is that as great as it was, you know, and, and as influential as it was to people like you and me and probably everybody listening, is that you can't talk much about it from a podcasting point of view. I can't pull enough information about Star Wars week after week after week. And say, like, these are the influences it had on science, on astronomy, on on people and, and technology. Star Trek has that. Star Trek, even even with the midget riding Shatner, it still has that draw to so many people. You know what I think it is? It's a – I hate to say this. So I'm going to put it on the table. I am a Star Wars fan. I, mm -hmm. I think Star Wars is great. I like so many others have issues with the prequels, but but even I don't I don't even hate the prequels. In fact, I, I like some of the universe that they created for it and some of the things that are in it. Uh, well, and I like Clone Wars a lot. I think the new Clone Wars animated show is brilliant and sh would would have been better than the prequels had they just gone with that. Mm. All of that said, there is a lack of richness, I think. In the Star Wars universe, and I know the true Star Wars fans are, are like up in arms going to disagree with me on that. They're going to say, well, what about this and what about that and what about all the lore here and the story there? And I, I think I think there is more to talk about about Star Trek. There's they, they focused a lot on their technology. They focused a lot on cultural concepts. They focused a lot on um, philosophy. They focused a lot mm -hmm. on the politics of the future. They focused a lot on the concepts of what mankind will, would be doing in the future. And, and Star, Star Trek is rooted in a possible future for us. So I think we can identify 
with Star Trek more than Star Wars because while Star Wars deals with humans, mm-hmm. it's not us. It's a myth. It's not our humans. It's a mythological yeah. humanity, which is fine. And it works great in Star Wars. But but the other thing with Star Wars is is that like they'll have these ships, right? So say like the X Wing. Mm-hmm. It's not clear how the X Wing works. It's not clear what kind of weapons it's using. It's just a blaster. It's, you know, it the the X-Wing has engines and it flies around. The wings open and close. It, I know there are technical documents out there where somebody's drawn up tech specs of X-Wings. Hell, I even have a poster of tech specs of a TIE fighter. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, is that, like, they're not memorable, and it, 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 I hate to say this, but it just comes across as being not real. Whereas I can tell you how... Exactly. The <laughs> Enterprise works. Yeah. And and a scientist yeah. would listen to this and go, oh, yeah, well, that's based on, you know, antimatter, matter reaction. And that's why it works is that, that that would actually propel a ship using a controlled reaction. And that's based on science. And Star <laughs> Wars you. is based on uh, fantasy, I think. Yeah. If I understand you more, you're not saying that one is better than the other. It's just that we can relate to one more than the other. When I was younger, I always used to think about it like this. If I wanted to watch something that I was going to think about and really sort of get into in a sort of a niggling way, mm-hmm. it was going to be Star Trek. Mm-hmm. If I was, if I wanted to just watch something kick-ass, I would watch, you know, the fight scenes in Empire Strikes Back and Return yeah. of the Jedi and the trench run in Star Wars and things like that because they were badass. Mm-hmm. And they were of a production level far beyond Star Trek. And you always waited around hoping that Star Trek would come out with something like that. <laughs> and then when they did come out with stuff like that, then you were like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Screw you, Star Wars. So what's our our uh, consensus here? Star Trek? I'm saying for the sake of the show, we should not give that answer. And I'm saying for the sake of the show and the fact that we are both super geeks, uh, I think clearly in the fictional universe, Star Trek wins. Hands down. I think in the real universe, my vote is um, Star Trek and Star Wars are both um, yeah. classic <clears throat> examples of science f- fiction and they are somewhat apples and oranges right yeah. so i don't think okay. i don't think picking one over the other is uh, is doable so if anybody's listening if, if you think that star wars would beat star trek in the fictional universe tell us why but just so, so you know we've already ruled so no matter what you said is you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> live long and prosper you hate it may the force be with you
is the best way to show your kids the Star Wars films? The reason why this came up is because we all know that the Star Wars movies are coming out, I think starting ne- next, this upcoming February, I believe it is, in 3D. And of course, they're going to start with episode one. Now, if you have a kid... Wait, wait, first of all, are you going to watch this? Are you going to go? A part of me wants to see it. I'm curious. You know, I'm not giving that another dime of my money. I, but, but that's the other part of it is that, like, I don't know if I want to give money to... Well, that mm, I don't know. And they didn't even shoot it originally in 3D, so it's no, going to be didn't. the cheap so 3D transfer that never works. It's going to be dim. I hate mm-hmm. 3D. Anyways, go ahead. I'm not going. Screw <laughs> so if you're ruin a parent, my, rape my childhood, rape, rape. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what, what do you do as a parent? Do you show them one, two, and three, or do you sit your kids down and say four, five, and six, and then just and then when they ask, well, what is episode four? Why is it episode four? And you just say, look, just just watch it, be quiet, and I'll explain it. To you, you lock them in the basement <laughs> with a television from 1976 in crappy color with a VCR, and you pop up episode four, and you make them watch that sucker until they're 18 and can make their own decisions. <laughs> or you could do what I would do. I haven't done it yet. You you put the entire movie into Final Cut Pro. And then you extract the segments from the latest DVDs that actually have the original crawl from episode four, and you put that together and you show them that. I thought about bringing our kids to see the Star Wars movies in 3D, but then I thought that's just not the right way to do it because what happens is the the shock of episode five is completely eradicated. You mean the um, Darth Vader's Luke's father? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, that sorry, ha- if that spoiled it for you, then uh, why are you listening to a show called Geek Street, really? I mean, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for you. Just saying, send hate mail to to Loatis <laughs> at geekistry.com. I'm going to set will, that up. It will get forwarded to the correct location <laughs> for you, my friend. Please continue. But the shock of episode five is, is completely gone. When you're watching the shows, when you're watching the episodes in order... When he says, I am your father, you don't feel that anymore. You don't, like, when I went to see The Empire Strikes Back in the theater, I saw it on opening day, 5 o'clock, Menlo Park Theater, New Jersey. If anybody was there, yes, the film broke. The audience gasped. I've never heard an entire audience gasp like that. <gasps> 600 people gasping at the same time. Like, what? Well, you know what else you ruin if you show it to them? with the prequels first like what? it's supposed to be seen what? you ruin that whole awkward feeling you feel in the seat of your pants in Return of the Jedi when you find out that Leia is actually Luke's sister <laughs> yeah, this well, whole time too. they were going to do it and you were like ooh Leia Leia and Luke Leia See, and you're like ooh that's bad <laughs> and that's the thing because we had three years between movies to mull about this stuff between 77 and 80 Star Wars and Empire you know, people would would write stories about Luke and Leia and and draw pictures about Luke and Leia, and then by the time '83 rolls around, when Jedi came out, you're like, ew. Do you know what else? I just want to throw it back to the last segment for a second because something just occurred to me with what you just said. Mm-hmm. But that's another reason why um, Star Trek uh, has a richer universe than Star Wars is because Star Wars was a filmic series and has always been a filmic series up until very recent times. And there was nothing you could consume but those movies. So it, was, it couldn't be as rich because there wasn't as much out there. For you to consume, mm-hmm. it was just the movies and the peripherals, right? Where Star Trek had, you know, a million shows and everything else. I digress. My point is, is that um, 
um, those time periods where you were waiting for those next movies were were uh, were actually kind of cool, yeah. and the fact that they didn't come out right away were kind of cool. So mm-hmm. not having the waiting period now, like you're just going to show a kid the movies for the first time, and they're just going to watch them all in an afternoon. There's something missing there. I think. Yeah. I, I don't think I would do that. I think if I had kids, I would show them the movies and break for a few weeks. Yeah. Until they got to the point where they were going to like you know burn my house down. And then I might show them the next one. Well, we just took our kids to see all three Lord of the Rings movies in the theater. And they showed them a week apart. And, you know, we all had to wait a year between them. But a year is not a not year is not three years. Yep. It's not that agony between the time that you're nine and the time that you're 12 to go, what is going to happen next? And then, then multiplied between the time you were 12 and the time you were 15, we're like, what happens between Empire and Jedi? And, of course, you find it's a bunch of Muppets. And then you get disappointed. But those years where you just speculated and you talk to your friends and create podcasts. Oh, no, that's, there are no podcasts in the 70s. But you talk to your friends <laughs> and, and, and do all these things. I mean, that's what built all this stuff up in us. So and, I've been thinking about this topic since you, since you, you told me you were going to discuss it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have kids yet. If I had a kid, I think I would show them... Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I would not make much of a mention about the prequels until... I, I would treat it like sex. Like the conversation about sex. <laughs> if they don't bring it up, it's don't ask, don't tell. But when they bring it up, Daddy, Bobby at school told me that there's three other Star Wars movies. I'm like, well, that's a complicated issue, son. You see... <laughs> And that's exactly how I would treat that. And then I guess, you know, I would feel compelled to show them. But I would, it would be like, it would be just like the sex talk. I'd have to get like, you know, (laughs) they'd have to have some worksheets. There'd have to be recovery groups. Well, you know, there'd have to be some major conversations about like, you know, daddy, daddy, why does Yoda look like that? Why does Yoda (laughs) look so messed up, daddy? Fear leads to anger. Power leads to this. Love leads to that. Anger leads to hate. My ass leads to this. It's like, why is he talking like that, Daddy? Well, hate, hate, hate. You know, when we were when we were kids, we would say things like, "Oh, you're a scumbag," and everything. And, and like, I think in in the geek world, the equivalent to that would be saying, "Daddy, somebody said the word Jar Jar to me. What is that?" Don't enter this house if you're going to talk like that. Go out, go stick, a, stick a bar of soap in your mouth. I mean, actually, that's you. You do enough psychological torture. Then, when the movies actually do come on TV, they're going to be like, "I don't even want to watch it." <laughs> he stuck soap in my mouth. Misa think it's a bad idea. No, I didn't say. Back in the basement, watch Godzilla until you're purged of your evil. <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. I think that the prequels are are supplements to the original trilogy and I yeah, I would I would try to keep those away from my kids in the same way that I would try to keep them from ever seeing Aliens 3 or 4 yeah or Aliens versus Predator get away from her you bitch Jaws 4 Jaws, Jaws 3 4, or Jaws 3 Superman 3 Superman 4 4 God. I mean you know do you know what I'm saying like there are certain things Star Trek 5 Star Trek 5 uh. doesn't even need to exist you can just throw that DVD out kids it doesn't exist you're not missing anything what does god need with a starship <laughs> 
Here, no. here we go. Let's go out on a car trip. We'll go to the mountains and we'll sing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat" and yeah. eat some beans. We've seen Star Trek Five. There's nothing more to see here. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. I love row. Do, do you know "Row, Row, Row, Row Your Boat"? That song did not come up in my research, Captain. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want is for my little impressionable bastards to sit up in church and be like, "Why does God need a starship?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, God knows what they do with the prequels. They'd stand up and say all kinds of ridiculous nonsense to people I don't want to do. I don't, I don't need them walking around every Christmas or family holiday going, Misa wants some more eggnog. Misa wants some more turkey. Misa wants some more poodoo in the poo-poo. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can't have a Star Wars movie without some sort of, like, fart joke. You know, it's bad enough just trying to teach the kid to speak English without this nonsense. Yeah. I actually think can't... the best way to watch Star Wars is you watch Star Wars, then Empire Strikes Back, then Avatar. Because Avatar was the superior version of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just edit in Darth Vader at crucial moments, and you pretty much have Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Or you just use the Navi in place of the Ewoks in an edited version, and you have the far superior movie. <laughs> Navi the Hut. <laughs> I think of Navi, and, and um, I think of Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, where this annoying little fairy just keeps knocking on your ass, like... Hey, listen! And I, I, I know you, you didn't play it, did you? No, uh, no. But, but I know there are some people out there that have. And it's like, hey, listen! You just wanted to beat the crap out of Navi. It's like, leave me alone. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually like video games. I don't play them at all. I don't, I don't <laughs> yes, even really know do. what a video game is. You're such a liar. Last video game I played was off of the original Nintendo system. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so the, is that our consensus? Four, five, and six: Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. And then maybe if they're old enough, they can maybe maybe watch episode three. Is that what you would do though? Would you would you that's, show them the the prequels? Um, I showed my kids uh, four. Well, my youngest has only seen four. My oldest have seen, has seen four, five, and six. And then we went back and watched one, two, and three. But I actually said to her, I said, "By the way, these are not as good as the other ones." The, yeah, but you know, if this stories. was if this was us though, when we were kids, <clears throat> you, you know how it is. Once they get old enough, and they have the ability to like pull this stuff up on Netflix or see clips on YouTube, because that's what mm -hmm. they're going to see first, right? And they'll probably ruin the movie for themselves just by seeing it on YouTube. Yeah. But but it would be just like us. I mean, when we found out that there was another Superman movie, we're like, heck yes, we oh, got yeah. And if everybody told us it sucked, we're still going to go. <laughs> So you're not going to be able to stop your kids. And plus, yeah. which, you know, there I have seen, I went and saw uh, the Star Wars stuff when they re-released it back in 97. And I remember walking out of the original Star Wars, uh, the re-release, the special editions with all the crap he threw into it. Yeah. Um, and walking out and there was a bunch of little kids and I'm thinking, isn't this great? It's like a new generation student seeing Star Wars in the theater. What, what a privilege. What a privilege for them to see this. And you know what the kid says to his dad as he's walking out? What? That was boring. Oh my God! Power Rangers was better. Yeah, that, that's uh, Power I was going, Rangers. Yeah, dude, seriously, I almost went to prison for you know kid slaughter <laughs> at that point. It was really close. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. I think the kids today are spoiled by the fact that they they don't understand what a big movie with special effects is because they just watch that crap on TV with SpongeBob and stuff. It's it's not as special as it used to be, and that's why that's one of the things that bugs me. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but there are certain movies with certain directors about certain transforming robots that that really bug me because it's 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 almost like a bastardized version of what it was that we wanted to see when we were kids, 
and there's nothing special. But it's like now the special effects have become like like, like a, a cast member of themselves. It's, it's really all you're watching. And as much, I love special effects as much as the next guy, but there's a part of me that's really, really spoiled in the sense that you want to show me special effects. Well, that's awesome. Do it. But throw a story in there also, which is why I love Super 8 so much. I'm actually not going to comment on any of that because it will spiral us into the negative zone. It will. It will. But you have good points. Good points. Mm -hmm. But we have an entire geekistry saga to produce where we can get into <laughs> um, into transformable robots and Super 8. Yes. The, the, the one last thing that I want to say um, is that I, uh, I did bring my oldest to see Episode 3 in the theaters because I wanted her to have the experience of watching a Star Wars movie in the theater. Whether it was good or not, I mean, like as special as it was for like you and me, I don't, I, I really couldn't tell you. But as a parent of of this sort of stuff, I wanted her to have that experience. So. Do you know what I would like to know? What? People are listening to Geekistry. Send us a, and I'm serious now. Don't don't send it to um, Yoatis. <laughs> Loatis. Loatis. Don't don't send Loatis any of this mail. Send Geekistry proper mail or tell us on Twitter. If you're of the generation that was born after 1985, mm -hmm. let's say, what is the seminal moment of of geek films or television for you? Let's wait and see what people say, and then we'll we'll chat about it. Because I'm okay. curious as to what what people actually return back. Okay, you know, and what they think is like really really great stuff that's out there now. I'll bet you anything that whatever they think is great, we don't. Mm. Because we're old. <laughs> this is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask, did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah, Star Wars! Those near in Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! Star Wars! That's been another thrilling, for the first time, not the last time, after the hiatus, sort of new, but not really, geekistry for your consumption and approval. <laughs> Thank you, Loatis. If you want to contact us, our email is feedback at geekistry.com. Uh, you can grab me on Twitter. I am Star Mike on Twitter. Uh, Bryce is going to create some brand new <laughs> Dr. Evil type Twitter ID, which I'm sure is going to be a clever name, right? Yeah, and you can always, as always, if you have hate mail, you can send it to Loatis <laughs> at geekistry.com. You can find us at geekistry.com. Send us a review on iTunes. 
on Facebook too, and we're going to try to have a presence on Google+. And for those of you like me that think Google is a tool of the, the military-industrial complex and the New World Order, just stick with the Twitter. <laughs> Hey, actually, it would be fun to uh, let us know. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what we suck at. But more importantly, let us know what you'd like to hear on the show. Feel free to geek out over over what we're doing and over um, just geek stuff in general. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a topic that is compelling enough, we might just cover that if it's interesting and you not really lame, like covering an entire show about Nintendo's Rad Racer <laughs> or the Power Glove. <laughs> The Power Glove might have some traction, but I'm thinking... <laughs> Will like, it? I don't know. People don't know. still have them. I'm going to go off Or, or Karnak, or Karnos, or, or whatever Karnak. Karnak. <laughs> They're the Coleco Telstar. So, <laughs> really dating myself there. So, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next time. See you. Find us on the web at geekistry.com. Email us at feedback at geekistry.com. And follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Plus as Geekistry. two geeks really our cred is is something you can't um our cred is credible (laughs) boy i botched that up edit 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 (laughs) this is geekistry oh i mean sparta sorry my bad (laughs) did i hurt you kicking you like that i'm sorry (laughs) you should create a twitter id called (laughs) loatus maybe i will okay Taverncast is a Snapdragon production. Visit us online at www.taverncast.com.